I've been MIA for a few weeks and for that I'm not apologizing. Usually I'd be quick to say, I'm so sorry, but honestly I'm not. Is that authentic enough for you? (laughs) I'm so grateful that you actually care to still have me in your ears though, no matter how frequent these episodes may come out, at least in the next few months. You see, I've been MIA for a while because I've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. For example, I'm currently in nutritional therapy practitioner courses with the NTA, the Nutritional Therapy Association. So these courses will afford me the opportunity to become board certified for my nutrition business. If you didn't know or didn't catch on, I do own a nutrition business, also known as Crying in My Cheesecake. You can check out my website for information on services I currently offer. And in my store, I already have a few pre-made ready recipe packs that can serve as meal plans or shopping lists and so forth. There's a lot more coming and some more announcements coming with that too. So I'm super excited. So there's even a free recipe pack on there. If you head to cryingtomycheesecake.com, um, head to this shop, and then you look down, there is a recipe pack that is labeled $0 and there's no tax, no nothing, just check out and you have your own digital download of that free recipe pack. So all that, um, this classwork I'm doing includes 15 to 20 hours of homework that includes reading and practicals and client consultations, quizzes, lectures, peer partner meetings, cohort meetings, generating original content and more. And this happens weekly, all but the cohort meetings, meetings, the cohort meetings are once a month, but everything else is weekly. And on top of that, my current workload of clients my housework, everything involving my kids that includes some homeschool um, appointments and stuff like that, my own working out that I need to do, rehabbing of my pelvic floor reconstruction. And well, that just pretty much sums up my whole life as of late. Oh, and I have been recording podcast episodes, by the way, with some brilliant friends who are experts in fields that are quite practical for all of you guys to hear. And I was so blessed by their conversations. I can't wait to share those. So there is a lot of things coming up. Um, Something else that's been put on my play is that I've taken on a teaching role in a business development group called Macro Millionaire. I'm teaching or will be teaching there two to three times a month. And I've already begun taking on some speaking engagements. So that's really exciting. And honestly, my plate is full, but I'm so dang excited about what's ahead. I have this itch that the next level is coming and I'm preparing for it. I'm preparing for what's coming, no matter what painful kind of thing it may be for me. So right now my painful time, my pain is, you know, maybe time or just, you know, feeling like I can't show up everywhere that I want to be at the same time. And you know, all of that, but painful, that term, right? That that term painful is a relative term, isn't it? When we go to the doctor's office on the back of the door, it seems like Every office you go to has the same poster, the same little printout on a yellow or white paper with circle faces on it that asks us our pain level. I don't understand why it's so dumbed down in pain, like with pictures, but maybe it's a language barrier thing to help people out or just to kind of understand how to number your pain. I don't know, but pain is a is relative and it's relative to how we experience it. What may not be a big deal to me is probably a big deal to others and vice versa. My current pain is this itch of excitement and itch of of being held back by requirements to get there. You know what I mean? It's like when you know a big gift is coming. You don't just know when it's coming yet or you just wait with expectation type of excitement. You know what I'm talking about with that? Something I've been working on too is a revamp of my branding, my social media, and in the near future, a website overhaul. I have been doing all of this on my own and it looks like it. (laughs) to be honest. Um, I've done what I can, but I need help. And so I've been working with an amazing company called Brandt Creative Co. 
And in order for them to even work with me, I've been constantly having to answer a lot of questions. They're not questions that are like, oh, what's your favorite color? What are your dreams? You know, these kinds of things. No, they're like deep questions, like really kind of personal gut type questions. For example, what are my core values? Who's my ideal visitor to my website or my social media pages? And who's my ideal client? What is my preferred method of communication? And what does that look like? And so much more. It's like, pretty darn deep. Like I'm having to like have some thoughts about myself, right? Like what is my purpose in all this? So all of these questions, you know, questions essentially questioning my character because as of right now, my brand or I am my brand and I want my brand to resemble what I believe, right? I've come to realize through asking of people who know me in different realms, what are my values? And the common denominator, I was supposed to come up with five, And every single person I asked over a course of months came up with these same things or they hit on these same things. Number one, integrity. Two, truth. Three, responsibility. Four, discipline. And five, commitment. These words describe how I approach everything in life. Integrity first. Integrity is doing what's right when no one is looking. For example, I asked my nutrition clients to be honest with themselves and with me by simply recording or tracking their food and drink intake. So essentially anything that goes in their mouth that's not water, I want to know, all right? I want to know about how much and what is going in. If I'm not doing what I ask them to do, how is that living with integrity or by example? To me, that is unacceptable. I tell everyone that we all need coaches or mentors in every area of life. Just because I'm a professional nutrition counselor doesn't mean I don't need help in nutrition nor my fitness. In fact, I have a private trainer who is a CrossFit level two and a Brie Battle certified coach coaching me in my physical wellness and recovery. And you know what that does? By having someone to take care of my training for me, I can just show up with no responsibility other than show up and give it my all. Integrity to me is also showing up as the same person in all realms of my life. The things I profess to worship and believe while in church should be seen as what I worship and and profess in public, private, and in the hard. You know what I'm saying? When I'm alone, could I easily lie to others and myself by engaging in inappropriate behaviors? Sure. That's easy, right? I don't want to have to tell everyone what I've done wrong. But is that the way I want to live? Hiding, sneaking, lying, being partially whole wherever I go? Heck no. Integrity is my number one core value because it is the basis of rapport, trust, and confidence. And I want people, whether they agree with me or not, to have that rapport, trust, and confidence in me that they know I'll not waver and they'll know where they stand. And I don't mean that to be like rude, but they know where they stand, where I stand. Secondly, the second value I have is truth. Truth with a capital T. That is a core value because truth is being thrown around as a matter of everyone having their own truth. And But really, there's only one truth, and his name is Jesus. If I could sum up my values like all together, they would come from Philippians 2. And I'll read those verses in a moment, but I want to give some background. There was a time not too long ago, and I say not too long ago, but it was at least eight to 10 years ago, 
that I was in a similar feeling like where I just was on this cusp of just knowing that something new is coming. I don't know if it's good or bad, but something new was coming. And I'm, I'm just sitting here preparing, right? Knowing something big was on the horizon, but I couldn't put my finger on it at that time. My pastor, who has now since retired from actively preaching, he offered a Wednesday night course. It was almost like a lecture, but I'm telling you the whole worship center was packed. And when I say the whole worship center, I think it holds like 1200 people. It was nearly packed, even in the balcony. It was nearly packed. It was almost like a lecture night of teaching us biblical principles in a way we've never been taught typically, unless you go to school for for ministry of some sort. So it was like we were in a classroom, which I love classroom feeling, and I was seeing the Bible in a whole new way as true authority. I gave the Bible authority before that, but I felt connected to this authority. The scriptures that centered us were found in Philippians 2, and, and they've stuck with me since. So let me read these to you. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being of full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not take or did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. He emptied himself or taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of of God the Father. And you know, from that, I ask that may truth always come from my tongue in all that I say, and truth come out of all that I do. May I always point to the one who is, capital T, truth, the one who has never changed from the beginning. May I humble myself to a surrender to that authority that is truth, capital T, truth, and not swayed by the lowercase t, truth. Jesus is the living son of God who died, was buried, and rose again on the third day, tearing away that veil so that I and you may have access to eternity in heaven with him forevermore. And that is why truth is my second core value. Responsibility is my third core value. Responsibility seems to have a have lost some value in our culture or maybe the winds of the current climates, we are responsible for ourselves, our thoughts, our actions, our finances, our health care, our bills, and so much more. Yet somewhere along the way, this idea of entitlement came along and implanted itself in, the, in our very lives. Let me define entitlement. Okay, so of course, I went to Google, you can Google this yourself as well. Entitlement says, the fact of having a right to something, the amount to which a person has a right, The belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. Okay, so hold that definition because I want to define responsibility as well. So responsibility, again, you can go to Google and get these definitions that I got as well. Responsibility is the state or fact of having a duty to deal with something or of having control over someone. The state or fact of being accountable 
or to blame for something. Opportunity or ability to act independently and make decisions without authorization. A thing that one is required to do as part of a job, role, or legal obligation. A moral obligation to behave correctly toward or in respect of, okay? I could totally go off on so many tangents about this, and I'm just going to let the words of Brett L. Simmons, a um, he's a positive organizational behavioralist. I'm going to share his views on the difference between entitlement and responsibility because he ties up what I deeply believe. He ties it up in a neat bow where I don't think I could because I'm still kind of, I get so frustrated when I talk about it. So I'm going to let someone else's words that, sim- that kind of sum up what I believe um, to be the case. So He says, Brett Simmons says, entitlement comes from an attitude of, don't you know who I am? It is inherently egocentric because it begins by making sure that others know who you are and what you're entitled to. Once others recognize who you are, then you are free to name and claim your proper privileges and rewards. So the rhetoric of entitlement sounds like this. I'm an adult, so you need to treat me like one. Some of the implicit ideas that follow are, I can do what I want to do. You need to do what I want you to do. You need to engage me and I'm the boss. You are not. Okay. So that's what entitlement looks like and sounds like. In contrast, responsibility begins with the assumption that you will know who I am when you see what I do. It begins and ends with a drive to do the right thing and has little concern for title or status. It is inherently purposeful rather than egocentric. So what does this sound like? The rhetoric of responsibility sounds like this. I will do what needs to be done because it's the right thing to do. The implicit ideas that follow are judge me on the merits of my behavior and I will engage with you. When you behave consistent with the rhetoric of responsibility, People come to correct conclusions that you are an adult and you are a leader. Don't tell me who you are and what you think you deserve. Show me. So let me repeat that last line that that he said was this. Don't tell me who you are and what you think you deserve. Show me. That sentence right there is where I acknowledge respect for others because they show unequivocal responsibility driven by purpose not ego, which moves me into my fourth core value of discipline. From the time I was old enough to play Saturday morning basketball in my small town with the high school's basketball coaches, I heard the word discipline. I think one time we had to run killers or suicides because that verbiage was fine back then. And they're now called shelter runs. And can I like side note here for a minute? I understand that killers and suicides are probably not politically correct. But when did we change that verbiage? When did we not know or allow killers or suicides? I guess I'm not sure. I, I one time opened my I have a coach that programs my workout apps and or my workouts and I opened up the app and I'm like, shuttle run. What is that? That looks like a killer. And then I look at it again and, you know, look at the the words underneath the description words. And I'm like, OK, that sounds like I'm supposed to be running a killer. And then I go watch the video of what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm like, that is a killer. What? is in the world is a shuttle run. Anyway, I sound like a 60 year old man shaking my head and like, what is the world coming to? But back to the topic of discipline. We for sure had to run killers or shuttle runs spelling the word discipline. So we would start the baseline on the basketball court and we would run to the free throw, the first free throw line. And that was a D. You come back, go to the half court line. That was an I. And we had to spell the word discipline and then we were done. Okay, so we had to keep going through that to spell discipline. Discipline was expected, especially as a cop's daughter. 
I was disciplined in my studies, in my sports, in my behaviors, everything I could control other than food. That's a side note. I was disciplined in. In fact, I found old school agendas, even from middle school, you guys. So in middle school, my agendas are my planner. I don't know what you call them, but at school, we had all of our subjects listed on the side and the dates across the top. And we would write down, we were supposed to write down our homework that we did. I was so disciplined that I wrote something in it every day. I wrote a little entry of what class or what we did in class that day or if we had homework. And that's kind of the same as today. I still write down what I do on the day in my calendar. I've never so all of that just knowing discipline and what it what was expected was discipline. I never seen discipline in action quite until I did with my former pastor that I just spoke of. This man is a machine. And let me explain why. He has a life goal and he abides by it no matter what happens. He's regimented in his life. In fact, there's Bible time, running or exercise, small groups, serving, working, all the things that embody a man of Christ. He does. He runs like a machine that knows his job and then just does it. He doesn't deviate. And that's how I strive for life to be for me. Be so disciplined in what actually matters that the other stuff isn't even attractive. So discipline then leads into the last core value of commitment. Because what does anything matter if I'm not committed to being full of integrity? If I waver in truth, if I don't take responsibility, or if I'm undisciplined. Commitment to me is honoring that I will use my body as the gift it is to serve others whenever gifts, talents, and moments I may have on this earth. Commitment is standing firm in my values, no matter how hard it gets or how tempted I am to just waver a little, just a little. Commitment is being honest with myself and with God and with others, no matter how difficult it may be. Commitment allows me to flourish and draw my line in the sand, focusing on what matters so much that the things that don't matter aren't even a thought anymore. Commitment is the enemy of distraction. Commitment can be the means to healing, freedom, and flourishing. You know, it's interesting as I sit down and really go through these core values, how fired up in me it it gets me inside to continue doing what I'm doing. That these moments, I feel like I'm struggling to keep up, that they may actually be preparing me to experience great joy no matter what might lie ahead. But I'm curious though, have you ever thought about What is on your plate and why? What about your personal core values? What are they? Are you living those out in all realms of your life? What is it that you should be focused on now in order to see the exciting next thing on the horizon? Do you live in a place of responsibility or do you live in a place of entitlement? Thank you for listening to this episode. If you liked this episode, please download or subscribe and rate this podcast at five stars. If you leave a review, I might just read that on the future episode as a thank you. As always, visit my website, cryinginmycheesecake.com to learn more about who I am and what I'm out here doing. Have a great day. (music) 